It's time to heed the call of the wild and seek the higher calling. Higher Calling Gulf Coast is the inspirational voice of Gulf Coast fishing and conservation. Hosted by award-winning wildlife journalist, conservationist, and flounder revolutionary, Chester Moore. Be ready for a relentless pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of fishing adventure. Welcome to Higher Calling Gulf Coast. This is Chester Moore. Of course, we've been covering the freeze kill along the Texas coast here the last couple of weeks. And i uh, got a very special guest with a very special announcement on the line right now. The Coastal Advocacy Director for the Coastal Conservation Association here. We have Mr. Shane Benno on the line. Welcome to Higher Calling Gulf Coast. Thank you, Chester. Glad to be back on. I've always enjoyed being on this program, and uh, today's no exception. Well, you know, one of the questions a lot of CCA members were asking in, in light of, you know, what's been going on with the freeze is what's going to happen with STAR. And you have a pretty big announcement to make in terms of uh, what's going to be happening with the upcoming STAR tournament. Yes, I do. And so if you haven't seen Facebook or checked your email, um, the STAR tournament committee has decided to remove all of the inshore divisions mm -hmm. with exception to the redfish, the tag redfish division. So everything inshore will be associated with a tag redfish. Mm -hmm. So we'll have that. We'll, we'll keep the traditional tag redfish program with the truck and the boat or just the, the, the boat prize. Mm -hmm. But the other divisions, whether it be for the youth for scholarships, or the traditional inshore divisions for largest gaff top or sheep's head or trout. Those will all be uh, separate uh, tagging programs. Is this also going to impact like uh, the youth division? Well, more details will come out as, as we, as the uh, star team um, moves along in the next couple of weeks. But generally speaking, the prizes will stay the same. Mm -hmm. In fact, we'll, we may we may add prizes, but the prizes will stay the same, and and they will be awarded by uh, a particular tag color that's that's on a on a redfish. Okay. And all of all the redfish caught will be a mandatory release. Okay. And you you keep the tag. The tag is your proof that you got. The, the prize mm -hmm. and you return you show evidence that you you have that tag and go through the normal procedures that we have for all of our winners which is a polygraph program and then the, the prizes will be awarded now if all of the prizes aren't awarded through a caught fish or through the tag this is important the remaining awards are going to be randomly drawn hmm. from all of the entrants. Oh, wow. So think about it. If I'm a parent, a young child, I am definitely entering them into this tournament because if all of the fish aren't caught, if all the tags aren't filled or associated with prizes, my child automatically goes into a drawing for a twenty-five thousand dollar or a fifty thousand dollars scholarship. Wow, 
Yeah, we could all use that kind of bucks for college these days. <laughs> right. Doesn't hurt anyone with uh, prospective college-age kids out there. And um, But the interesting thing about this to me, when I first saw the announcement, it's like it wasn't just that you removed the trout category or, you know, been seeing lots of sheep's head dead. You know, it's all four of the inshore division and including flounder, which not only, you know, there really hasn't been a lot of evidence so far of flounder kills in this and most of the flounder is still kind of filtering back. But we're going to have a shutdown season here from now on, at least for the foreseeable future in November, December. So... Um, it shows that you guys are kind of forward thinking of what's going on with all of our fisheries. Yes. And, and you know, these, these decisions regarding star weren't made lightly. And, and in fact, the discussion was had on flounder last year, Yeah, but, but parks and wildlife had not uh, made any decisions on regulatory or management changes at that time before the star tournament began. But since they, since then they've, uh, as you mentioned, it's made some changes, moved up to 15 inches, and we now have the seasonal closure. So it's appropriate that flounder is is out of the tournament. That kind of reflects our conservation message. Mm-hmm. And with regards to all of the other species, you know, the, 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 the just going off of images and off of anecdotal information, mm-hmm. this event looks bad enough to warrant the decision that has been made. And you know, it's the right move and it sets the right tone and it sends the right message to all of recreational anglers that we all need to do our part to help the fishery rebound. You know, it's 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 such a fascinating time. I hate that it has to be fascinating. I'd rather this freeze have not happened, but um, I was a sophomore in high school when the freeze of 89 hit, you know, so I wasn't out covering this. But when you look at what's happening in different areas along the coast, different areas are being impacted. You know, you definitely have some lower Laguna Madre hard hit and some areas along the middle coast and little pockets on the upper coast. But one thing that I've seen, Shane, is that a lot of people, I mean, more than I've ever seen that I can remember, are starting to talk, catch, photo release of trout at a different level. It's like all of a sudden, hey, we've we've heard about these things that happened. What can our response be? Yeah, this is, this is a, it, this whole thing is, it, it's horrible, it's tragic, mm-hmm. but I always try to look at the positive side of things and, and find these little occasions for hope. And I think this is a really unique opportunity for us to band together as a recreational community and, and, and try to, to be the difference in this fishery. And yeah, trout need our help. Uh, Trout are the number one sport fish all along the coast. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as you move up the coast, or move down the coast, rather, the impact certainly seem uh, more, more severe. Mm-hmm. And we we can, I think your comparison to 89 is appropriate. It might not be as bad as 83, yeah. but it's likely, it's likely in between an 83 and an 89 event. Wow. And if you look back at... And that's, you know, that's just my impression at this point. But if you look back at either one of those events, at, uh, you know, both times after those events, Parks and Wildlife made a management change. Mm-hmm. So between now and the time Parks and Wildlife has any discussion, if they have those discussions, why don't we go ahead and step up and practice catch, photo, release, or 
cats. I mean, eat what eat cats. Keep only what you can eat that night. You know, do these things that are going to help the fishery rebound even faster, and not waiting for Parks and Wildlife to uh, recommend a change. Yeah, I've been doing a thing. I put it out there called the Twenty One Trout Pledge. Release all trout in twenty one. Next two years after that, release all trout twenty one inches and better. Kind of playing off a of blackjack hand, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, just something fun to get people to do it before there has to be a governmental, you know, interaction like that. And um, but it's it's definitely it's one of the things I'm telling people. I'm glad we got someone from the science based background on here. Is there may not be a definable impact on this for a while it's not like we're going to know exact count and exact impact for maybe maybe for quite a while no what we'll get and 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 the short time frame is mm-hmm. a is an estimate like x number of fish we estimate mm-hmm. in fish were killed and it'll be in the millions yep um and then this spring um, Parks and Wildlife will run their routine sampling program, mm-hmm. 10 weeks of gill nets. And, and then, of course, the recreational angler surveys, the krill surveys that we all participate in at boat ramps and fishing piers and docks and things like that. So those will add de- critical data points that will help Parks and Wildlife see the percent decline from the historical average. Mm-hmm. And based on, based on that, they can recommend a, a change for any particular species in any particular region you know management action doesn't have to be a coastwide um thing it can they can drill down to uh regional zones of the coast and implement temporary or permanent uh, management changes as required and they've already done that historically because essentially the five fish limit started in Lower Laguna Madre, went to the Middle Coast, and then the Upper Coast a few years later. So there's already a, pr- a precedent for that. And then there's a lot of issues that people are concerned with, like barge traffic and all those things that in hindsight will be discussed um, in, in these different contexts. But right now we have uh, uh, the conservation association that the most anglers are part of here on the gulf coast making a move with the largest tournament on the gulf coast in a long-standing tournament to make some moves for conservation and um i think it's a i think it's a unique opportunity to for all of us to evaluate you know like our intention in fishing and things like that and um also i'm seeing a positive side of anglers engaging in like hey raising awareness you know they're using social media platforms and things to, Hey, this is what's happening here. And because of your hatchery background, another great reason to have you on today, you know, um, we've talked before. As a matter of fact, the last time I had you on, we talked about that TPWD likes to have trout from specific areas because of genetic differences in the hatcheries, you know, so Sabine, Galveston, you know, Matagorda uh, on down to Lower Laguna, those areas. Um, what do you think the importance of having brood stock for trout after an event like this is? Could will will supplemental, um, you know, stocking uh, help in the, let's say the next two to three years? Well, I tell you, it, it I it makes us look really smart, and I say us because uh, I I include um, you in that statement, myself, and and, and all of those that have participated, CCA volunteers, mm-hmm. recreational anglers, yeah. tournaments, parks and wildlife, all of us that have participated in those broodstock collection events. Because mm-hmm. without that, 
we wouldn't be where we are today, which is a well-prepared position to respond to the freeze. Yep. We have every base system covered. We have broodstock from, from uh, as far as I know, every region, and certainly the upper coast all the way through the middle coast is covered at Sea Center, and the hatchery in Corpus Christi has the middle coast all the way through the lower Laguna. Yeah, I saw the lower I saw the lower Laguna fish just uh, two days ago, and yeah, we're ready to respond with stocking fingerlings back into the, the coastal waters, and that is going to kickstart this recovery. It's it's an important piece. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not the only solution, no, and it's sure. not the panacea, but it's. It's a huge piece, and I'm so thankful we were prepared. Well, you know, I am too, in the forward-thinking people that, that, that studied this and broke this down. That's why science is so important to this. You know, I had Dr. McKee on about a week or so ago, which blew my mind. Incredible podcast with all of his information. Thanks for hooking me up with mm-hmm. that. But Yeah, he's a great man. I've been saying for a long time that the number one reason we needed to have trout in the hatchery system was for something like this, you know, and, and because of being able to have it broken down into the into the different systems, won't mess up any genetic problems and those kind of things. So it's good that we have those hatcheries and things online and uh, to kickstart. But something else I wanted to ask you about, because you and I have talked a lot on my radio program over the last few years about habitat. And um, I'm concerned about loss of certain seagrasses and mangroves and things like that. I don't think people are really talking about so much because it's a lot uglier to see the fish kill. But uh, is, is habitat something we should be concerned about as well? I, I, well, we'll certainly see a decline in, in both seagrass and mangroves. Yeah. And I think, I think the extent of those declines, it's easy to see the, the fish because that's right now in front of our face. I mm-hmm. mean, they're washing yeah. up on the shoreline. Yep. Their white bellies are everywhere. With the seagrass, we normally see a, a decline anyways because of winter and so this coming spring and summer, we may notice that it doesn't bounce back like it normally does uh, year after year. Mm-hmm. So that will be realized this summer. And um, hopefully the rhizomes, you know, the parts of the seagrass that are beneath the, the surface in the soil are, are still viable and can and can start producing something uh, poking up through the bay bottom. But we'll, that remains to be seen. I'm a little more concerned about the mangroves because those are more exposed to air. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully the, the rootstock of a lot of those black mangroves are still, uh, uh, weren't, weren't impacted, but I expect we'll see a, a uh, reduction in, in mangroves as well, which is unfortunate because that's, such a great piece of our landscape and helps stabilize shorelines and it's just really neat neat habitat so yeah and it's something it's, un- it's unfortunate yeah you know and that's one of the things just trying to make people think hey there's other things that you know may need some restoration down the line as well you know because habitat of course is key but uh you know it's great to have you on and talk about this and uh, talk about what cca is doing with starter so you said there's gonna be some other things unfolding in the coming weeks yeah, there'll be there'll be more coming out on the star tournament. I mean, I don't want to because the, the 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 team, the star team, is still working out the, some details and and possible scenarios and playing devil's advocate on you know the what ifs. I'm, I'm gonna I'll have to withhold sure. everything 
uh, or not everything, but a lot of things at this point that we'll be revealing more details, but the general, the general plan is, as I mentioned, we'll, we'll tag a significant number of redfish and all of the tags will be associated with a particular prize. Mm -hmm. And if the fish aren't caught, then we'll be awarding the prizes through a drawing system. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, that's really cool. And uh, hopefully well, all those fish out there will be caught. If not, someone may win a great prize. But it's great to see CCA respond like this. And um, it's great for you guys to be so quick and forthcoming with being on the podcast and getting the information out and um, you know, out there standing for our resources. Really appreciate it, Shane. Anytime, Chester. This is uh, this is what we do, and appreciate what you've done. I, you know, you don't pat yourself on the back enough, but I'm going to give you kudos. You are the man responsible for us having Sabine uh, broodstock and Sabine um, a trout broodstock and Sabine flounder broodstock, and so um, you deserve a lot of credit uh, for that. And I appreciate you. Well, thank you for saying that. And uh, it was really interesting when all that kind of began. You know, I was uh, looking through the data. Hey, we never had a stocking at Sabine, you know. And uh, did you, see, you know, how did that happen? But uh, that was a long time ago. And that's, 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 Sabine's been stocked many times, you know. So Parks and Wildlife. Yeah, well, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. But Sabine's been I mean, we could do a whole podcast on trout collection with Skip James. And if someone wants to know right now, can they go to like ccatexas.org? Org for more info cca.texas.org we have we will have a we'll have an article just posted and of course we have the star tournament announcement and of course our facebook page we're going to try to keep everybody updated as as these uh things roll out so yeah stay tuned and if anybody needs to um reach out to me sbeno at cca.texas.org all right shane thank you so much for coming on higher calling gulf coast Thank you, Chester. Glad to do it. You've been listening to Higher Calling Gulf Coast with award-winning wildlife journalist and conservationist Chester Moore. Email him at chester at chestermoore.com. Check out his wildlife writings at highercalling.net and find him at thechestermoore on Instagram.